This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. <laughs> it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, you're doomed. You're all doomed. Hey, fiends. Hellcat here. On our show tonight, we offer up our takeout series where we will explore the realms of foreign horror cinema. Our hosts will take you along their travels all over the globe, while diving into some of the most lucid storytelling, savage cannibals, vengeful spirits, sadistic killers, and the post-apocalyptic zombie-plagued landscapes. Join us as we dissect the classics that prove sometimes fear comes with subtitles. everybody welcome once again to takeout edition here on cinema degeneration this is the show where we do everything foreign films related our host will be bringing you along our, their travels all along the globe while we dive into some of the most lucid storytelling savage cannibals vengeful spirits sadistic killers and some post-apocalyptic plagued landscapes but for this evening I always say this evening, but it should be <laughs> more rather this afternoon. We are doing our first uh, gallo, uh, the night Evelyn came out of the grave. It's kind of a yes. loose, 
Yuski Yalo. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll save my, my criticisms for, uh, you know, as the show progresses along. But welcoming my usual guest co-host for Grindhouse Pizzeria. So first time on the show, Tom Commissar. How are we doing, Tommy? Dun, 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 dun. I'm doing great, Cameron. Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad to be here working on a... Now, I always thought it was Giallo. Is it Giallo? I usually pronounce it Giallo. I know that's not Giallo? right. I mean, I'm sure you're right. But I always thought it was Giallo. I'm going, oh, he's doing the hard G. <laughs> yeah, I, I always <laughs> thought it was... I, I've heard many people pronounce it different ways. I always uh, kind of... I, I guess it's more or less pronounced like yellow yeah yellow 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 but yellow. I, I'm, I know i'm probably gonna get uh the skewered lot on lot online for my mispronunciation of it but everybody oh, everybody I, I, maybe I, you're I, saying I, it right i'm saying it wrong <laughs> you know I, i'm sure i'm doing it wrong i'm sure i'm, I'm massacring it up one way and down the other but <laughs> so hey folks if you have an opinion or a thought on how this is really supposed to be pronounced please let us know because yeah tell I, us let us know <laughs> giallo. Giallo. Giallo, giallo i'm half sicilian for crying out loud i should know how to pronounce you it. should know at least <laughs> half the word at least part of the word hey uh, but uh let's go ahead and give the, the the imdb short synopsis for this this little ditty right here all right the night evelyn came out of her grave 1971 a rich, mentally unstable man who is obsessed with his deceased wife invites a woman to fam the family castle for games of deadly S&M. He suddenly decides to get married to the beautiful Gladys, but does she have his best interests at heart? Uh, and not to give it give anything away. We're, well, you know, we're going to give everything away because that we we're giving it away. We give an in-depth <laughs> review and thoughts on this. She does not have his best interests at heart. I, I, I know. Like really, nobody. <laughs> I don't nobody think anybody does. I mean, maybe the doctor, but he's even kind of questionable at some point. Uh, I, I'm sure if Patty had watched this movie with uh, her extensive, uh, you know, work in the psychology field, she would be like, "This doctor be be like uh, fired long time ago, long, long time ago." We got some, question, <laughs> some questionable, uh, some questionable ethics. We'll just ethics. Say. Uh, well. This is a first time watch for me. Is this one that you know that had uh, passed under the radar? I'd seen the one of the director's other films, The Red Queen, kill seven times. I actually own that one, but I do not own it. The Night Ellen Came Out of the Grave. So when it showed up on my Tubi uh, suggestion list, I was just like, you know what? It's 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 ripe time to to finally visit this one. And I'm I'm kind of like I'm I'm torn. I'm kind of glad we. We did, but at the same time, I have a thought to myself that it's an hour and 43 minutes that I'm never going to get back. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. As I've said this before, but, you know, I'm a big fan of posters now. I don't own lots of posters, but uh, I'm a big fan of scrolling and looking at posters. I like I like cool-looking posters, and it, this has got different versions of it. Uh, the original Italian one, which is okay, but there's another one. I think this is probably for an American release, but it's one where... Evelyn supposedly or somebody is holding a severed head. That is a fucking killer poster. And I've seen that oh, yeah. like years ago. I saw it like scrolling through posters. And um 
it, it was one of those ones that was like, oh, I got to see that movie. And, I, and you're going to hear me say this a hundred times because I've done it a million times. We're like, I said, oh, one of these days I got to see this movie. And like, you know, and, and, and then like we, you, we, again, you gave some suggestions. Hey, what about that one? I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Same situation. This is other movies. I'm like it's time to watch this movie. And I remember that poster and I remember pulling that poster up again. I'm like, yeah, let's have a look. And so we did and we chose it. And, and then I was excited, you know, being a, uh, you know, a giallo or giallo and, uh, and checking it out. And it looked, you know, it looked really cool by the poster. And so it's it's interesting. Yeah, a couple of the different artworks that uh, several of the different styles of posters are very catchy. They're very memorable. Yeah, and we we all know the thing. You know, usually the, a lot of these movies, the posters, either what well, combination of both, better than the movie, or there's people on the poster that aren't even in the movie. <laughs> you know, <when> we <laughs> or all they know feature somebody on the poster that's like, oh, they're starring in this. Oh, and wait, no, right. they're in it for three minutes. Right, they're in it for like, you know, like less than a you know a, a stunt. Uh, I mean, a you know an extra. And uh, yeah. but uh, but you know we all know this going into it, and you roll the dice. And, Especially, uh, you know, with Italian films to boot and, and the Italian horror subgenre is one of my favorites. It's, it's that. Oh, is, yeah. You know, it's probably one of my top three favorites subgenres. And but like they're notorious for that. They're, they're notorious for the poster bait and switch. But, you know, yeah, they are. But, you know, the thing like about uh, Italian movies is, you know, it, it really they got their own look. Just like when you watch British, when you watch the Hammer films, you know, they got a look to them. And, 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 and there's something about, uh, you know, giallos and, uh, and Italian movies. There's a look to them. They just got this cool, creepy kind of gothic look. I don't know what it is, man. Just where they're filmed. It's probably just because this beautiful country and the countryside and the buildings. I don't know. It's probably a little bit of all of it. But, uh, but it, 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 they got this cool look that I love. Well, there's uh, almost like they're a little bit removed from reality with the way that they're shot. They're very uh, atmospheric, very surreal. And not only that, but like the the uh, the, you know, Italians would would record without sound most of the time. So everything was recorded in post. So like the voices never quite matched the music and the sound effects never quite run in in sync, you know, when they run mid mid sound. Uh, it's like the sound of the voice doesn't match the room. It's like very studio yeah. voice, like or whatever. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, but you can tell it's like yeah, it's all dubbed. <laughs> yeah, it just has a very removed from reality kind of feel, and they're just like again, like I said before, they're just so atmospheric. You know, they're just on a different plane. You either get it or you don't. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, so in watching this movie. It was kind of interesting. It starts out, you know, pretty cool. We got our main guy, Alan, who is uh, Al, uh, uh, Lord Alan. Lord Cunningham. Alan Cunningham is his, is his name. He's he's a rich, young, he's a, like, he's really a handsome lord. playboy. He's a, lord. he's a lord, and he's a good-looking guy. Got lots of money, playboy, lots of cash. And yeah, we but see when the it opening. starts out, he's not doing so well. I mean, it, like when it starts out, he's like escaping from the uh, the the institution. <laughs> right. I mean, he's got like no less than twenty people chasing after him, and he's running with the gates. He's all over the place. And uh, it's like I love the, the fact that they use like uh, the effect of smearing Vaseline on on the lens for his like point of view shots. Just, right. And and it obviously <laughs> did not match from shot to shot. Like the 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 smears. <laughs> like, right. Were very. Uh, 
sloppily, I guess you could say. Right, and it's just, uh, yeah, and he's, it's just, it's a fever dream, you know, he's just like, ah, you know, like, just, you know, they're showing, oh, this guy's really bonkers, and uh, he's running, he makes it, they got, they're, he's being chased through these really cool looking, supposed to be an institute or something, but it's pretty cool looking, you know, European architecture and all kinds of stuff, and it's, well, it's yeah, because it's, it's supposed it, to be in England, but it's so obviously being shot in Italy. Right. And uh, they get him, he, he finally gets to this big wrought iron gate, and he starts climbing up it. And, uh, you know, a poor guy, and uh, he's trying to get away. He gets up about probably, I don't know, halfway, and the guys, some dudes in little white hats, like, grab him. And they're the <laughs> orderlies. The orderlies get a hold of him. <clears throat> they looked like they got out of In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> yeah, that. right. But they chase him down and, and they, they pull him off this fence and then they drag him away. And he's like, ah. And uh, so. Yeah, he's uh, gone full blown wackaloon right here. Yeah. This, is, this, is our, this is our opening, too. But yeah, he's right. an escaping him off. And, and then they show, uh, they do show a sign to let us know. Uh, and you get to see the doctor later. Dr. Richard, uh, was it Timberlane? Timberlane. Um, and it's a oh, psych- yeah, Timberlane. Psychiatric clinic. And so we know now that this is, he's in a psych clinic, a psych ward or whatever, and they drag him off. And then it, it kind of it, it goes through, uh, <clears throat> it, it kind of just cuts from that. It doesn't go inside the clinic. He, it's, it's, it's basically, um, he's, uh, isn't he, he's in a car, isn't he? Isn't he driving like Yeah, he's, he's in that he, like, kinda, Ferrari like he's or not, something like that. Yeah, he's in some cool Italian cars, and it, and it goes into the credits. And then he's he's like he's already like they don't explain like he's out like he was trying to escape and he obviously didn't escape. Now he's now being, he's just now he's in his awesome car and he's just driving around like at nighttime. Like uh, I either, you know, I either it, took it as a flashback or a flash forward at that point. You know, it was right. just, just we're just led to believe this. Like, hey, is this this is just a different right. place? Well, in he time. Was, yeah, it's like he was in there. Well, now he's not. <laughs> okay. Well, I love his negotiating yeah. tactics, though. He's with the girl. He's like, "I'll give yeah, you two hundred pounds." Yeah, he's got a he's got a, uh, a very gorgeous redhead, which we'll find out why. And he's got there a really, are a he, lot of gorgeous redheads in this movie. Yes, that, that is the theme of this movie is gorgeous redheads and blondes, yeah, but but mostly all, redheads. It's all yeah, it's yeah, it's his thing. And uh, so he's going down the road, and he basically just pulls over to the side of the road to take a cigarette break. He's like, yeah, I love his he's reasoning. Like, he's like, I can't right. uh, smoke and drive at the same time. Right. He's like, do you mind if I get out of the car, out of the car and check the tires? It's yeah, like, he wants to check the tires. It's funny. It's like, wait, what, that's like, normal. Like, are, you, are you having a problem with the tires? Why, why are you taking the tire? You know? But it's funny because, okay, so he's in the car. And uh, he hands her a cigarette. And they start talking. And basically, yeah, it's the negotiation part. He's obviously, he's picked up a... Uh, He's picked up a prostitute or a stripper or something, and uh, he's 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 kind of talking money with her, and he's just kind of stroking her hair, and she's kind of digging him because you know he's a good looking dude. And uh, so and then, he's then kinda, he gets rough and like grabs her hair, and yeah. it's a line that he'll repeat later on in the movie. He's like, "Oh, I just had to make sure it wasn't a wig." Right. But when he pulls her hair, and is just like, "Really? This would be the point where I'd be like, I'm tipping the fuck out the door." I'm, see, I'm I used out. to do that a lot too. I'd walk around gigs and just grab girls by the hair to see if they had weight. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it is like, <laughs> like I mean, you don't go up and grab somebody's hair. Like, yeah, let me see. I was just checking to see with a wig. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, 
so they're having a smoke and they're just kind of chit-chatting and uh and uh so they're talking about money and then he he explains them like what is it they're talking british pounds aren't they saying yeah pounds? yeah because yeah the, so he the so he says like, like some like unreal amount like like he tells no, her like two hundred dollars he's like to, to come with me three hundred dollars more if you're nice to me right that, right that's, so it's exact, like, that's a lot so exact it's 500 right. so 500 pounds is like a lot i mean back in the kind of was in 1971 i mean i must have been yeah. a shit ton yeah that was so, a shit ton of money but it's funny because he gets out of the car to check the tires and it's a ruse that he's just kind of faking around because what he's trying to do, he's walking around like, oh, da -dee -dee -dee. he opens the trunk and he switches kicking the tires, pull, you know, he kicks the tires and then he pulls the license plate off and there's another license plate underneath and he throws the other one that was on, throws it in the trunk and slams the trunk real quick. So you're like, well, okay, what's he? Why would you? Who the fuck would do that? Like, why? You know, what are you doing? <laughs> a shady motherfucker. That's what. We're yeah, doing like, right. yeah, right. You know, he, you know, and already he's like, he's pulls her hair. You know, he's switching the license plate out. Like, okay, this can't be good. So, uh, so he gets to this cool old. It's like an abandoned old manor, a castle. Uh, it's like a huge. Yeah, because he even asks if this is a, a castle, and he's like, yeah, you know, this is. I, I live in London, but I just stay here occasionally and when she gets into the place she's a little freaked out because it's in ruins and he's like right. I, don't I mean worry, i got a, i got some living quarters set up deep within the castle and it's just like yeah yeah because it's like it's like there's nobody i mean it's abandoned and it's like you know it looks like he's taking her into some place that you would film a horror movie you know like you know, and they will and he's like, they will and they will <laughs> so they and it, uh it's they, a torture they, chamber i mean basically i mean it, it was well uh, it's cool because I like what he does because he, he's real slick. Like she's like, "Oh, what the fuck?" And you're you're like, as the as the viewer, you're like, "What? Where? Oh boy, yeah, what, this is not going to be good." Bad, the bad takes, things are going to happen. You know? Right, this is going to get like really fucking nasty. And then uh, and then he takes her into this like room, his quarters, and it's really modern, like sixties, like you know, Austin Powers. You know, it's like really cool looking. This fucking room. It's all like white, if I remember right. It was all like really light white, uh, and he had this cool furniture. And get inside the room, yeah, very atypical seventies like, uh, style. Yeah, style yeah, like it's it's really cool, but it's kind of mixed in with that uh, Italian art. Like there's all kinds of cool paintings on the wall and flowers, and he's got you know the cool black and white TV that was probably top shelf at the time, and uh, oh, yeah. it's kind of cool. So she's digging it. She's kicking her shoes off, and you know she's like going to relax and party and make five hundred fucking pounds, right? So she knows she's going to take care. Of, she's going to take care of this guy, and uh, so it's all good, and it's going to be a good night. It, oh, when uh, he puts on, when he gets her back to his little like, uh, I guess you could call it torture chamber, right? You know, and he puts on that music. That oh, music before, is, is that's some creepy ass music. Before we get there, I do like the one thing that he does. She takes off her top right away, and we see her nice, uh, you know, and uh, she's she's standing there just topless and, like, ready to get down, and, and then he, he wants her to put on, like, certain shit. So he flip, he's got all these closets, like little, like something you'd get from Ikea. You know, they got all these little yeah. doors on them. He flips all these doors up, and they're full of clothes. Yeah. And this is when we see the first portrait of who we get to know as Evelyn. And she's like, well, who's that? And he's like, he didn't want to talk about it. And they do the they do the Italian zoom up on the picture real quick. Oh, we yeah. See this, we see this thing of this, this another, it almost looks like her. 
uh, in the picture. So he takes her back, and she's got he, she pulls out like a fake mink stole, or maybe it's real, I don't know. But she wraps it around, and she's all like, "Ooh, you know." And he, she wraps that around her. Then he goes, takes her to this little door, and then it gets really creepy. Uh, we got the torture chamber, like you were mentioning, and this is the torture chamber. It's, it's he's got shit everywhere. He's got all kinds of weapons, you know, like strapped boards. He's got all kinds of yeah. like contraptions to torture sit in. Torture racks and torture devices. Torture racks. He's got yeah. like chips, like a dips, knife. chains, whips. Yeah, you know, shit like I got down in my basement. Not as, quite as nice as this guy's, but the <laughs> stuff like I have down in my basement. And, I can uh, attest that's true. I've been to your basement. No, <laughs> that's how we. That's how we met. That's how we yeah. fell in love. That's right. But, uh, but getting <laughs> to the music. Shh, don't t- don't tell yeah, everybody. Right? Yeah, we have to edit that. But we uh, that music. I, I don't. I remember that that music that he they play. She puts a record on her. He does one of the two. And it's really wicked music. I don't even know. It's like got a harpsichord and shit. And it's just kind of like fucking, it's really groovy, kind of wicked music. But and it's creepy. I, it's very but it's creepy. creepy. The other day on Facebook, I forget one of those, some horror pages or something, one of the many that I'm on. Somebody like posted a link to the people, the guy that did that music. I got to find it again because I guess he's got like this. The, they were talking about the music in this movie. It was so, so funny. I was going to send you that. I got to find it. Something I meant to, I meant to send it to you and I, yeah, I didn't definitely, do it. Definitely, definitely do. I got to find it. I, I got to find it and, and send it over to you. And they talk about the music in well, this the movie. The music was done by Bruno Nicolai, as I look up here on yeah. IMDb. I'm not sure if he did the song that was on the, on the, uh, the record. But right, I know I they did know. like all the incidental music. Well, they were talking about that record, so it's uh, they were talking about the music in general. But that 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 music got mentioned because I was like, man, I'd like to fucking hear that. You know, I like to I like to hear the you know this that whoever did that, I'd like to hear that without you know without the movie playing. Yeah, just, <laughs> just listen to it, you know. But getting back to the movie, so he's sitting like on a throne. And he's kind of, you know, just kind of watching her walk around. She's looking at shit and kind of like, I don't know, she, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm going to earn my money tonight. This guy's a weirdo, you know, and uh, and, and so he makes her put on these big, like, <clears throat> those big zip-up boots that go past the knee. I don't know if yeah, they're not the, leather. The they're, the big, they're like plastic. They're kind of like plasticky looking. I remember these boots from the 60s. I was, I was, I remember the girls would wear this shit. <laughs> I was, I was a little kid. I wasn't that old, but. But I mean, I remember those boots being. I remember people wearing that shit. Like uh, all and, I can uh, think so, of is like aesthetically, they 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 look beautiful, but like they couldn't be comfortable. Oh yeah, they they they're, they're like thick, shiny plastic. But anyway, he makes her. He's got that gets his fetish. He makes her put those boots on, and then she's like wandering around, and she says something to him, like she's gonna, you know, I don't know, she's gonna be. She thinks she's gonna be the. The dominatrix, you know, the, the dominatrix, or whatever. But he makes it clear that it's going to be him. And he gets up and he grabs a whip and he just starts whipping her. It's it's pretty yeah. abrupt. It's a pretty you yeah. know he he makes an about face and this like all of a sudden goes from you know seductive to like just downright fucking crude. You know. Yeah. Well, and so you start to get an idea of what's going on and what's up, and you start seeing these little flashbacks. Of Evelyn, his you find out that's his his uh, wife. It was his wife who as who is dead, 
and you start seeing she's like visiting him in his mind you know he can't get around her you know he's yeah he can't he start, uh, you know she's long gone but he can't get he just can't right, get he can't past move her. he can't move past it because she portrayed he betrayed him rather she betrayed him uh and they start showing clips flashbacks of her like looking at him and like in a close-up and then and then her running like with a silk little thing on <clears throat> running through a forest and then she meets up with a man that's not him not yeah it's not Lord we, Allen, we never so. do quite find out who it is but we just know yeah it's we not don't him. it's not him so they're both naked and obviously they are they making love and and we find out in the story that that uh that uh you know he had seen all this so you know that's what made him fucked up in the head he she had an affair he watched he saw them having sex and so you know he's fucked up from it so now he, he gets well he has that immortal line he's like i'm not going to be anybody's slave this time right exactly yeah per thank you so he says that and uh so lots of things kind of happen here. He makes her get, he makes his poor uh, prostitute, stripper, whatever, his victim. He makes her get on one of these things, kind of like frontwards, like she's like laying on it, kind of half standing right, up. And he right, ties, He basically straps yeah, it's, her it's a torture rack of some sort. You know, I don't know what the correct terminology is for right. it, but it, yeah, and it's a. It's kind of, it's so, you know, now she's obviously scared. Because, you know, we're getting, we're, we, as the viewers, we're seeing all kinds of information about, you know, Evelyn, what she did, you know, what's going on. And then just running around in the woods, you know, fucking this other guy. And then like, and then we yeah, see. We're privy to that information, but she's not. So it's, Right. It's, it's, she doesn't she's, know. She's like, what, you know, what's going on here? So he's, he's getting weirder and weirder. And then we get a little bit more information. Up in the rafters, we get our first view of uh, what's oh, uh, Albert. Albert, that's it. Albert is uh, he's turns out to be the um, the, the brother of Evelyn, but he's also the groundskeeper, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, I, yeah. I think he was kind of like grandfathered into that, you know, uh, right? Like it was like I'll keep you around because you're, my, you know, right. And he doesn't look like a groundskeeper. He looks like, you know, like some guy you'd meet at the club. He's always get wearing a hat, if I remember correctly. And he yeah, looks like he, he he's in a leather jacket. A little skeezy. He looks a little yeah. skeezy. Yeah, and he's always lurking around. Like, he's not, like, it's not like you invite him in and, hey, well, Albert. I, I referred yeah. <laughs> to him in my notes three different times as the peeper before I even re referred to him as Albert. Because he yeah, is just well, a peeper. Yeah, he creeps around. He's got a leather jacket on, like a brown leather jacket, I think, and a hat, and he's just got a, a mustache, and he's just like a kind of a greasy dude who just walks around. Like, what's this guy up to? You know, what are you, what are you creeping around here? And he's looking down at he's looking down at all this. You know, he's looking down. He's watch. He knows that uh, he knows what uh, our Lord Alan Cunningham is up to. So anyway, he he uh, Cunningham uh, Alan. Um, <coughs> Basically, starts whipping this girl, and then he grabs a knife. We don't really see a lot of this, but he basically uh, stabs her and kills her. And then, yeah. uh, well, so, there's a you bit know, before it, this. There's a one little bit before this that I made a note of. Before he stabs her, he even she even says, "You know, my my friends know your license plate number. I had them write it down." He's oh, like, oh, right. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, he's like that old horse trick ain't gonna work. He's like. You know, you know, he 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 lets her in on the fact that he changed the plates. 
So she yes, really thank you. realizes just like it's hopeless. She's, you know, stuck between a rock and a hard place. She ain't going anywhere. I remember I remember when I saw that, I go, okay, good. Thank you for, for you know, letting us know that, like, why did you do that? Because <laughs> now it makes sense. Okay. Otherwise, it, without the mention of it, it would have been kind of superfluous. It would have been, yeah, like, been okay, really why dumb. did you do like, what, like, what, what'd you, yeah, right. So thank you, because I'd forgotten to mention that. So basically, he kills her. You don't see what he, he does with her, I don't really think. But he, he he's getting rid of her stuff, because I remember he's in that bedroom, and he's throwing her stuff, like, in a bag. Yeah, and then, and then he, he throw, takes then it out. He takes it to a section of the castle that's a little bit more dilapidated, and he starts setting it all on fire. Right, and then, uh, and then we we go to the next day, and we've got a uh, got the doctor, his doctor, who was the, ran the clinic that he was at. He's in the back seat, and they they see him uh, driving. There, I, I don't know if they're going into that castle to his house, and they happen to see him. Well, they, they, they got the they, nurse, a nurse with them or something. They're, he's got a nurse and he's got his driver. And and they were going somewhere for a meeting. They were going for some important meeting. But, like, the, right. the clinic, however, was, like, wherever they were going from the clinic to this meeting, the castle was along the way. Right. And he saw the smoke. He saw the smoke rising. And he's like, nobody should be there right now. Alan's supposed to be in, you know, uh, Lord Alan is supposed to be in, uh, I think, London at the time. You know, so he's like, hey, he's like, we're pulling over here. Oh, but sir, we don't have time. And he's basically like, hey, I'm the doctor. We're going to do what I say. Just right. pull the fuck over. He tells the driver to come back in an hour and pick him up. Yeah. And <laughs> so, I really thought, like, something was up with the with the doctor from, I mean, there there's something up with almost everybody in this movie. Right. Everybody, everybody's uh, a preview to information that we're not a preview to. But, like, I really didn't trust Dr. Richard at the time, but really he's kind of the only person who's got in a way, Lord Allen's, you know, best interests at heart. He, he really is. I mean, like he's got some secrets, but you know, he's really the only person that really wants the best for Allen. Everybody else is just trying to <laughs> fuck with his head to be quite honest. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think he's the only one that his motives are true. Like he's trying to take care of him. Like, you know, where everybody else is, you know, they want something from well, you know, he, he's super rich, so they all want something. They want his right, land. They, want, they want his right. fortune and his money. Right. And uh, so, the so the doctor now he's he's kind of ex- talking to him, and they're they're back in his pad, in that groovy pad, and they're just kind of smoking cigarettes. I forget what do they happen here. So his driver comes back. Like time has elapsed, and the driver picks his driver picks up the doctor. They take off, and then dudes is kind of hanging out. And then isn't this where uh, isn't this where Albert comes up and kind of says something to him and lets him know he saw what happened without saying he saw what happened? And then he asked for thirty pounds. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like you don't really know who he is at first. You don't know that right. Albert is, is Evelyn's, you know, or was Evelyn's, right? Uh, right. You know, brother, brother. But you know, he he's got something going on. But yet he's just uh, he, He's just a peeper, man. I like. I don't understand like why he would, if he loved his sister so much, why he would put up with this. Other than the fact that he's just get, you know what I mean, just getting the money. I think it was just right. all about money. Quite honest, he, he saw a meal ticket. Well, yeah, he gets. He's probably just you know living at this castle, you know, and then it's, uh, it's you pretty know, he fancy gets, digs. You know, he just bilks him. He bilks him for money. Like, hey, I know what you're up to, so just keep giving me money. And I'll shut up. You know. 
Now we and he stuck with it, you know. Now we go to we're back in the castle. We're back. Uh, the, the lady, uh, uh, the lady in the wheelchair. That's oh, the aunt, aunt Agatha. Aunt Agatha Cunningham. Yep. And uh, that's played by Joan C. Davies. And aunt Aunt Agatha. She pulls in and she's kind of got a shawl around her head, and we don't really know what what's going on with her yet. She's just kind of, but she's she's there, kind of. She's got a like a motorized uh, motorized wheelchair, and she's kind of buzzing around. And they've got oh, she this is where they're gonna thing. do. That's a note that I made. Uh, like whenever yeah. she's going, she she's got a turbocharger on that thing. She flies through that through scenes. Now this is this is yeah. This is where they're gonna is this this is where they're gonna get to do the, that's this is why they're all together. They're gonna do a seance, right? Is this the yeah? This is the seance. Because they got uh, a couple other family members there. You got uh, uh, cousin George, I, I think yeah. an uncle of some sort. You know, you got a couple different family members gathering for this seance. Because the doctor right. was against the seance, and he's like, "You're really gonna let you know one of these uh, supposed psychics in here? They're charlatans, you know." Right. So they go and they do the. They're doing the thing, and you're starting to see kind of weird stuff happen. And the uh, our 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 uh, medium. The seance. She oh yeah, yeah. Miranda, thing. the medium, and she's very yeah. atypical in this scene. Right, she's like doing her, like ah, you know, doing her mumbo jumbo, and then you're seeing kind of a like little clips of like an old uh, coffin, you know, and you're just kind of seeing stuff. And then the peeper comes in, fucking Albert. He comes walking in. They're like, "What are you doing here?" And he goes, "I, it was my sister. You know, I can be here." And then we find that's when we find out that. Uh, that's, I thought it was that, very that, strange that the minute Alan has a vision and passes out, boom, the doc shows up. Like, yeah. Alan passes out, boom, the doc is, like, in the door five and, seconds later. And isn't it a lot of people in this movie, like, there's a lot of fainting? Wasn't there a yeah, lot of fainting in this movie? Yeah, there's a ever? lot of fainting. Everybody <laughs> faints in this movie. The women faint, the men faint, the, the doctor faints, everybody faints in this movie. So... So there, she's doing her, she's doing her thing, and, and and it's getting weird. Like, okay, what's going on here? Like, something's happening, and everybody's sitting at the table, and like, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know, like uh, the, you, they're hearing noises, and you hear kind of a, you, then they show like a kind of a ghostly image, yeah. of like of that woman again, and it's Evelyn, and she's like in like her like her silky gown that she's wearing, and she's got her you know hair all done up, and she's kind of there like, oh. You know, talking and uh, uh, did she say Alan's name? I don't yeah, remember what like, she does. She, but... she usually just keeps saying, "Alan, I'm waiting for you." I'm, I'm waiting. waiting. I'm waiting, Alan, or something crazy. So all of a sudden, now, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Alan passes out. He sees her like, and he die. He drops over. The lights go on, and then in comes the doctor, like you were saying. And then he's, oh, he's fine. He's just passed out. You know, and so they're there, and, and then, then they, they just jump. Well, yeah, they just jump cut to outside later, and Cousin George is just trying to convince them that, you know, you need to move to London. I'll give you the numbers of all these, like, beautiful young women and everything, and you need to get married. He's right. just like, that's your cure. He's like, you need to marry marry a girl to forget, you know. <laughs> and, and they're standing in front of this cage of their of their foxes. They're, yeah. Like they're, remember, they're standing in front of these, like, I don't know if they're hunting foxes or whatever, but I guess they're... I, 
I would think so because they make references several times to using them for breeding, hunting, and like they have the the grounds that are used for hunting. Because when they read right. the, uh, at one point much later on, when they read the will, they leave the foxes and, and the hunting grounds to the to the brother. Right, and then we've got uh, now uh, who who again was the dude that that's. That's the brother or the uh, is that oh, George? Co- cousin George. Cousin George. That's it. The cousin. That's what this is when they're having a conversation. And yeah, he's kind of telling them, yeah, move this, you know, you need it. And remember, you know, like my old rule is uh, only keep a woman for a month and then move on. And yeah, shit, different you know, girl every like, month. I read different girl every that month. line. Right. Like, <laughs> like cousin George's <laughs> motto may not stand up in today's climate, I don't think. And, I, and, and he's he's typical of like the swinging playboy guy. Then isn't he wearing what they call like an ascot? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah he's like, definitely wearing one. Good, good. Catch, something though. like something like that. And he's like your typical. I mean, you know, we would see it now as costuming. He was probably really wearing that. <laughs> he probably like he it was probably, probably from like, his own personal wardrobe. Right, like, right. right. He probably wore those. You know. And uh, so, so where we're at now, what there? This is this is when he decides. The, this is when he decides to go to London. Didn't he give him a card? Yeah, he gave uh, him a card to a girl in a club, and then it literally cuts to the next scene is inside a strip club. Oh, yeah. Now, this club is pretty wicked. Because I remember when this scene came out, I'm like, what the hell are we watching? And they're actually these cloaked individuals. And at first, you're like, is this a funeral? And it's not. It's it's actually a strip club. And there's a band playing. And they're, and these people are dressed up, and it's like smoky, like like really dark and candles, candelabras and shit. But they're they carrying us- a, a, a very like of like a red and black velour covered coffin. Yeah, which I thought it's really was, was a weird you know aesthetic for a strip club, but for the aesthetic of the movie, them carrying right. the, the the stripper out in the you know or the dancer out in a, a coffin is very befitting. I thought that was one of the, the few cool angles of the movie. It's like I see what they're I, doing there. I yeah, I like this scene a lot and. And and the girl, she opens the lid up, and everybody's getting like you know hooping and hollering, and of course it's another saucy redhead, you know, and like she just kind of like yeah. gets up out of the coffin and she does this little dance, little coffin dance thing, and it's it's a cool routine. I'd be like, yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, you know, like, like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's got, kind of a weird '70s strip club kind of gimmicks, I guess, but you know, it right. works. It works. And she's wearing some kind of thigh high like boot stocking type things i don't know what she's got on and uh she's dressed you know exactly kind of like how he likes you know and he's sitting there and uh and she's doing her routine and uh they go back and they're showing the crowd is you know digging it and she's dancing around and and and, she's uh then literally cuts like the in the next seat or the next shot it just cuts it to there's no muss no futz no dialogue or anything she's just sitting at his table right and uh, <laughs> this is good. So she's there, and uh, and so basically, you know, they've made a connection. She's looking at him. He's looking at her, and you know, this is his next victim. And she's, you know, she's just she's stripping down. And so this is this is so this is where we're going. So they they're hooking up, and so he does the same thing with her. Yeah, um, the go, the hair pulling, yeah, gimmick. He's like, where he's just like roughly just doesn't even lightly tug at their hair. He just grabs a handful of yanks, like holy right. shit, dude. And and so he's there. He does the thing. It's the whole thing. They're talking. I, 
they're talking money, right? Doesn't he offer her a thousand? I like think he, he does offer her a thousand. He up like to a thousand here. Yeah. After, after like, he gives her the line of like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I thought it was a wig," and she's just kind of like, "Oh, okay." This guy just pulled out a fistful of my hair, but I got you know right. for a thousand pounds, I guess I'll go for it. Right. He followed it up with a thousand pound deal. It's like, all right, you can pull whatever you want. <laughs> so yeah, but it's funny. She's like, she's pissed, and then she just goes like, "Oh." You know, oh, a thousand like, pounds? No oh, problem. What, how, no how problem. You know, like, and he's just kind of smoking a cig, like you know, like he he gets her back to the same dungeon, and it's pretty cool. And she's doing the same thing. She's ready to, you know, give him whatever he wants. <laughs> and she's and so she's dancing. She's doing like a full dance. And routine, he's just yeah, kinda, routine. Yeah, she's doing her routine now, like for him back yeah. at his back at his pad. Right, and she's she's pretty cool, you know. Like like, all right, uh, she's like having a lot of fun, smiling. And then he does the same thing. He gets up and he starts like fucking around with the whip. And at first, she's kind of like thinking he's playing along, and then she realizes she's getting hit with this thing. Well, you know? first like, he's what? he's just kind of lightly flicking the whip and just being kind of playful with it. But then he's like, he puts some stank on it, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? well, you see her face; it's cool because she's kind of like ah yeah. All of a sudden, it's like hey. You know, hey, like, like, wait you know, a minute, this shit just like, got real, yeah, yeah. yo. Like, motherfucker, I don't care how much you're paying me, that fucking hurt. You know, and uh, and then she, he grabs the, 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 um, the whatever that he's whipping her with, the handle, and he puts it around her neck, and he's choking her, and she's pretty smart. Like, she fakes him out. Like, I don't think she was, I think either she was passed out, or she did the old fakeroo, like, oh, I'm out, you know. So he falls down, she falls yeah. down on top of this thing. And she's got the thing, and she's kind of looks. He goes over to get a weapon. She low. Oh, yeah, he's pops going her up eye like open. to grab like uh, like grab a knife with. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So and she looks and mention, sees though, him. She goes, uh, "Fuck that!" So she gets up, and starts running. But and Albert running. is watching it in in the rafters once yet right. again, watching within the rafters. Right. It's like the same play out, except this girl's kind of fighting back. So she's running off. Uh, and he grabs a big flashlight, if I remember right, like a big long silver flashlight. And he's yeah, chasing big, like chrome plated flashlight. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the old timers, and he's chasing her around the the castle. So she's like ducking behind shit, and there's cobwebs everywhere. And it's pretty, it's a good set. It's pretty creepy. It's a and, very uh, like gothicy, yeah, you know, kind kind of uh, you know. What's yeah. I'm saying, like like these things, like they, like Hammer films, do like they're really their sets are always gorgeous. Like, yeah, it's, it's, like, like, it's, real... it's like a good mixture, like 50%, you know, gothic hammer horror type of thing, and then, then the giallo kind of side of right. things. And it's they're beautiful to look at. I mean, it's like you look at it and go, yeah, this is, you'd like to be on these sets. And like, like this is, yeah, these are beautiful fucking, you know, places to film. And uh, so he's chasing her quite a bit. She gets outside. Well, he almost right. catches her a couple of times, but then she gets away. She runs through another doorway, gets away into another room filled with cobwebs and furniture and old junk. And, like, the, the, the Albert character is always, like, somewhere in the rafters or somewhere on the edge of the room watching, but never lifting a finger to help, the son of a bitch. You right. know, never lifting yeah, no. a finger to help. Well, he's just waiting to, I'm going to watch it all, and then I'm going to get paid. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm going to witness it. And then, you know, like, and you, you think the only guy that could help won't help because he's just like, yeah. I'm going to get money. I'm getting my cheddar. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he's coming at her. He's got her cornered now. And he's coming at her. She's like, no, no. You know, it's one of those things. And in between, we're getting the flashbacks again of uh, 
Evelyn and her male nude lover on top of her, not really showing too much. It's just like slow motion of them kind of rolling around in the grass. And this is where I made the note where I go, 70s lovemaking was sure strange. <laughs> <laughs> so It's so, always done in slow-mo in, in, in flashback format, you know? <laughs> so there, so he's back on that, and then... Uh, what what happens that what he he does well, he, he gets her down he in the crypt. Uh, they're down in yeah she's trapped by that crypt. But but what is he? It's kind of weird. Like you never he really has, see what he does with him. Like he he he, well, he passes him. out. He just like slowly as he's walking towards her, he's looking kind of like like he's under duress of some sort. Like he's having some heart issues, or he's just kind of seeing the flashbacks of uh, you know Evelyn with her lover. And I think it just makes him lightheaded to the point where he passes out when he wakes up he's face down in the crypt and she's yeah, gone I think, yeah because he gets yeah i think he gets overwhelmed with these images of evelyn and he can't handle it you know like you know like he's you know and then because you know he's nuts anyway and yeah, yeah it causes he's to, reaching you know, out for her like he's going to strangle her but then he next thing you know he just everything right. kind of goes fuzzy turns to black and he wakes up it's the next morning and he's just face down on the crypt and she gets away and we find out more a bit later so, yeah, a little bit later you know, about her. Right? Poor Susan is is uh, not quite the yeah. victim that we think she is, right? right. She could have been, but she was she was pretty. Pl- you know, she she was. They set her up to meet him, and she she got away, and uh, and uh, with her street smarts. So and then so he's so he he's out. He wakes up. Where are we at now? I'm getting lost. And it goes right to the well. The next morning, he as he stumbles out. He runs into uh, Albert again, who's like, hey, you know, I, I saw what was going on like, last night. So now he ends up giving the thousand pounds that he was going to. Yeah, pay. he just gave him a thousand. Yeah, didn't he pays him a whole thousand? Like, he just gives him a thou. Yeah, you I know, think like, he, like, that was the money he was going to give uh, to our, sh- right. our stripper, Susan. Right. And, he just, like, hands it to him. Like, didn't even get into a big, you know, it's like here. You know, like, he just hands him a And foreshadowing, where they're always having this conversation outside of the fox cage. Right, right. But we, but from here we go where he's just kind of c- confessing to the doctor. He's like, listen, I think I'm losing my mind. And he's trying to convince him, you need to go to London. You need to get the hell, you know, the hell out of this castle. This castle is no good for you. But yeah, as it's supposed, this is where I made the point, uh, made the note where it's supposed to be England, but it's so obviously Italy from A, the shots of the countryside, B, the, the, uh, Archaeology, not archaeology. Sorry, the architecture. It's so obviously well, that it's Italy. Well, speaking of the architecture, isn't he? Doesn't he have a quick meeting that he wants to rebuild and like remodel this castle? There's a guy that comes in with a briefcase. Yeah, it's like uh, somebody that works for his company, and he tells them he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to give give you free reign to spend whatever yeah, you no need, no matter what the cost. You know, I want this fixed. So he want he wants all this shit fixed, and then you know they. So he's going to he's going to redo, <clears throat> which there's a reason for it, because as when he meets up with Gladys, I mean, they come back. So he's having this place that he's been doing all these killings. He has it all. He has it all cleaned up. And then he finds a locket. Doesn't he ever find a locket? It's got an S on it. Yeah, because he had tossed that locket into uh, like a sewer grate and then they right. locket pop back up. Was that from the first girl or was that from the second redhead? I think it was from the first girl. Yeah, I don't. Re- I don't know I don't, if it matters, but 
But it was a, it was something off of one of his videos. You know what? I believe it was from the second girl because it had an S on it, and the S I believe stood for Susan. Susan, yes, because her name's Susie. The first yes. girl's name was Polly, so yes, yes. it was from yeah, the, correct. It was from the second. It was yeah. from the second. So they, so okay, so he's so now that the setup is this this dilapidated 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 um, castle. Yeah, I knew what you, I knew what you said, but I knew what you meant. I can't. And uh, uh, so they've decided now. He so this place is going to get fixed up. So now we know. You know, he just, it's, it, you know, he's, he's, so now he's going to London. Now he's in the swinging London, baby. And he's with the, he's with cousin, uh, what's his face? Cousin Georgie. Yeah. And they're at a, they're at a big swinging party. Georgie's got this big pirate gold hoop in his ear. And this is like, this is the it's lead. It's not exactly like a, a, a costume party, but he, he feels like he, he was dressed up as a pirate for some reason. Right. I don't know, whatever. He's dressed up like a genie or something. I don't know, but he's, but he's all dressed up, and, and everybody's you, just kind of like. I made a note of two different things, and I don't know if you, you caught this. The name of the live band is that's playing is called Pandora's Box. Oh yes. And the other note I made, like seventy party seventies parties looked fun, but the food looked fucking horrifying. Like <laughs> how many times have you and I shared old pictures? Out of, of old, old cookbooks from the seventies and the sixties, how horrible yeah, old food ads and stuff like. Oh my stuff. god, my my mom, real quick. My mom had a million cookbooks. She loved. My mom was a really good cook, but she had all these old cookbooks that I wish I would have saved. And she had all those cookbooks from back then, and I remember when I was a kid looking at them. I remember even back then when they didn't look old. They were, you know what I mean? They didn't look old, but I remember a lot of shit. Was like, who the fuck eats this shit? Yeah. It's like you know. It's like you know. Uh, you know, she'd get them because she liked cookbooks, and she might she might have made one or two recipes, but none of that weird stuff. I'm looking at all these weird things they made with molds, like something you put a bunch jello of tuna, molds and gelatin and, and jello molds, and like you know these weird things. It's like nobody for, wants for to pair stuff with cheese and mayonnaise, like yeah, and wrapped like, in ham, wrapped in ham or something. You know, and you're like, what is? Uh, like, who would eat this? But anyway, this, right. this was highfalutin uh, rich people party food back in the 70s, apparently. And this is like, so so anyway, he's at this big I, party. And everybody's I blame blocked. all the cocaine is what I hey, must have, yeah, Exactly. You know, like, we didn't want the foods. We're gonna, we, we didn't want to eat the food. We'll make it really repulsive. So, and, so anyway, so they're at this huge party and um, everybody's just kind of wandering around and talking. And, and then this is where um, Lord Allen... Runs into Gladys. Gladys is a big character in this thing. Yeah, um, she becomes pretty much numero uno in this movie, besides what, Alan, for the rest of the film. It kind of it basically he's he he goes there and like like within minutes of meeting her, doesn't he doesn't he fucking ask her to marry her? Well, met. like within minutes of like meeting her, you know, he's like they're discussing things, and you know, George is like, "Hey, I got this girl I want you to meet," and he's like, "Nah, I've kind of already met my girl." He invites her to come back to the right to the uh, castle with them, and then like once they're on the way to the castle, he asks her to marry. So it's it's pretty much, I think, it led to believe that within an hour or two of meeting each other, they're just like, "Okay, hey, let's fucking get married." Yeah, let's do it. And, and hop so- in his little, uh, you know fancy uh, italian sports car you know 
he's just like, you know, I've, I've, I've known this since I've, I've met you. He's like, I, I, I want to marry you. And she's just like, really? She's like, well, because he says something to the effect. He's like, I want to sleep with you, but I want to marry you first. Right. And she has the line where she's like, you know how many men have said they would marry me just to sleep with me? You know, uh, yeah, not like right, right, uh, right. So they they go back to them. They go back to uh, where do they go? Where do they go back? To? Well, this, this is his apartment in London. They're not. Yeah, going back his to London the apartment. Yet. So they go. They go back to yeah. He, his, his London pad. And, this is where uh, I made the note where seventy sex scenes and the seventy sex scenes noises were really weird <laughs> and really <laughs> funny. I don't know if they intended it to be more romantic than it was supposed than it ended up being, but it was just very. Uh, yeah, the noises and, and the way they made love in the 70s was just, just very weird to me. I, but I'm a byproduct of that of that aspect of the 70s. So <laughs> right. I guess I'm thankful for it. If it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be here. Right. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's, so, it's the 70s so, softcore. 70s softcore was very strange. So they make love um, as his new pad. And then um, doesn't he call... He, they, now they've done making love, and he's sitting in a towel. She's in a, like a chic thing, and there's some real weird artwork in this groovy pad. I remember they look like weird little red things. It was weird. It was like this white room, like little weird, weird orange spirals, orange in the, spiral, light orange plasticky TV that he had in yeah. the corner next to his little red. Bar. It was like bright red. It was like you know, I was like, whoa, what a fucking cool place. You know, like this really so. So you know, well, this, this is, is one of the few comical scenes because he calls up uh, not Uncle George, he calls up cousin George. Cousin George just immediately hangs up on him. So he's like, "Let me try this again." He calls him up. He's like, "Hey, yo, asshole! I'm the one you just hung up on." He's like, "Oh, hey, hey, yo, Alan! It, right, it's right, great right. to hear from you." Georgie, he's he's in bed with with the with his what a girl. Um, yeah, he's in bed with another redhead, a redhead that he met at the party. Right. So he's, he, you know, so cousin George is getting busy. They're on the phone. What are they talking about again on the phone? Why does he? Oh, call? he tells them that he that he's going to marry the the girl that he met at the the party. Oh, the he makes uh, to him. Yeah, let him know that he's getting married. That's it. Yeah. And uh, and uh, now, like, I got to ask something. The, the following scene is with. You know, he's goes from telling Georgie that he's, you know, that he's going to get married and then Georgie in bed with his, uh, you know, his girlfriend at the time. And he's like, well, I guess I'm going to lose out on my inheritance and everything. He's like, it's going to be going to, you know, the new wife. And then it shows this like Beamer driving on this BMW. Usually, you know, with the, the old trope was, you know, you tie a bunch of pop cans, soup cans or whatever. Right. You know, shoes. Right. Yeah, yeah. But there's shoes. Frying pans and a, what looks like a couple heads of cabbage tied to the back <laughs> of this car. It just looked like they tied together whatever junk was laying in the back what of the Sanford Sons. Yeah, the Sanford Sanford Sons uh, <laughs> junkyard was tied to the back right, of this car. Right. It was Get very some, odd. Go get some shit to tie it, and the guys, are, the crew guys, the uh, you know the the production guys are like, ah, oh, shit. What do we do? You know, we can, <laughs> you know, we got some old cabbage over there from the lunch from yesterday. You know that we didn't use, and you know, like whatever they tied it. Yeah, I yeah, know. whatever <laughs> props and you know, craft services junk that they could possibly use. Right now, this is a pretty cool scene because now he's back at the. Isn't he back at the castle? Yes. The, they kind of jump time a little bit, but now it's back at the castle that's been refurbished. 
Now this is going to be right. she. She is now Lady Gladys Cunningham. So she's she's the queen, basically. You know, she's yeah. number. She's the you know she's the she's the woman. She's the boss. She's the woman and of the she, household. Yeah, she's well, the woman now of the house. Aunt Agatha is there, Cousin George is there. They've set the place up with flowers and plants right. and fancy throw and rugs. And five almost purely identical blonde, puffy-haired, kind of Dolly Parton-haired style maids. Yeah, like he's kind of, yeah, they're kind of like loose, afro kind of like blonde hair, uh, almost kind of poodly, you know, just kind of poofed out. And, and yeah. yeah, they do almost look alike, you know, they're, it's, 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 <coughs> and they're, Dressed like kind of like French maids, like in the black uh, maid costume with the white like little aprons, and it looks yeah, like something. I, I would have thought that the maids would have played heavily, more heavily into the movie later on. I mean, they do with one certain aspect when, you know, right. when Gladys supposedly sees the the red haired maid, but you know, other, I think they were really only there to to play off that red herring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they could have. I thought about that too. I go, man, you set up with these awesome looking team this five woman matching like fembot things you know like yeah, you know, that's uh, the they, term i was looking for they do kind of look almost like uh austin powers fembots yeah i was thinking i go well what are they what because i remember seeing that i'm going well 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 you know what are we gonna have with these this crew because i mean you know they did you know they you know they're they're stunning in a way like you know character wise like it's yeah. like whoa, like well, all of a sudden, like whoa, what are this? These five identical, like blonde, you know, maids are standing here. It's like, what are we going to do with them? You know, it's like, wow, what? Are, okay, where is this going? Yeah, and they just they don't really do a whole lot with them. It, it's a little no. disappointing, but it's it's it was a good look. It was a good look for the characters. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's what I thought, and I, and I thought, you know, my initial reaction was like, oh man, this is going to get this is going to get twisty. You know, this is gonna. They're really gonna. This well, something's going on. They're gonna be murderous maids, or or I was kind of hoping be, for that. I was hoping for that, but we didn't get quite, quite get that. Yeah, so we didn't. They didn't. That didn't pay off. They just. It was set up for us, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it was in the script. <laughs> they cut it out. Maybe maybe with some cut scenes. You know, who knows? Yeah. They, that that's where, this is probably where we should mention. I don't know if I mentioned it earlier on in the show. But this movie literally has nine different cuts to it. There's nine different. You were telling edits. me, I had no idea. Yeah. Like, apparently, you know, from the UK cut to the Italian cut to the American cut to a TV cut, there's different editions of this movie out there. So the version we watched was the hour 41 minute version on Tubi. So if you want to play along with us, you know, <laughs> with the proper version, I should have said this at the beginning of the show, but uh, that's the version that we watched. I'm not so sure what is different in any of the other ver versions at all. I'd almost like to check them out, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, do? I'm, I don't know that I'm up for watching this movie, for watching this movie again anytime soon but if like you would were to show me a full-blown director's cut because i guess there's is a one of the cuts is a very much uh like unedited you know uncut version with a lot now, of that would be cool I, I would i would i would give that a shot yeah but um uh, but not anytime it, soon not anytime soon but now uh we're living here and it's already kind of weird there's something goes on with uh so the, the, basically uh, Gladys, 
uh, Lady Gladys is kind of, you know, kind of getting used, trying to get used to shit. You've got, uh, and then you've got Aunt Agatha kind of peeking around, like what's going on. And then there's some weird thing that goes on with Milk. I guess he yeah, just, Milk becomes a subplot <laughs> for, for yeah. about what 15 minutes of this movie. Well, I get, yeah, they they use it, they milk it, <laughs> <laughs> they milk they, that scene for all it's worth. And uh, I'll, be, I'll be here all week, folks. But uh, they, uh, they're going to milk that scene more than we're going to milk this bit, right? <laughs> and uh, so he, I guess they, he gets hot milk or warm milk delivered to his uh, to his room at nine o'clock or whatever, and it's supposed to just be there. And I guess it was there, and then it went missing. And there's a milk ring on the on the end table by his bed, the little night table or something. Yeah, because you then, see a gloved hand come into frame and take the milk, and then next thing you know, they're uh, Alan and Gladys are getting out of the, uh, you know, getting getting out of the uh, the shower, and he's like, "My milk is gone," and it becomes like a right. big full blown thing where her, well, I'll go and get you your warm milk, darling. Right, and then it's like nonsense, you know, you're you know, you're Lady Gladys Cunningham, you know, whatever, and the, the maids will do it, or what? I don't know, maybe do you know, yeah, it was something, but it was <laughs> something to that, <laughs> so, right. Uh, it's a uh, they well, seventies uh, yellow. There's there's no sh- shortage of beautiful women. Yeah, <laughs> so they're kind of rolling around, and then uh, was it after the roll around scene she goes to get the milk, or was it before that? I don't well, remember. they start rolling around a little bit, and then she gets the milk, and then they have kind of the roll in the hay after that. Right, because they and get then, they uh, get interrupted when he's like, "Hey, my milk's gone," or you know, like because that's obviously more important than you right, know. Fun time. Lady Klaus. Uh, 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 so, uh, yeah, so he's kind of tripping. The milk's back, but then I think he's having a then he's then he's having a breakdown or something because he gets he, about he starts bed, having some visions and he starts yeah and he's like she's sitting there like what the fuck you know like what's wrong with you and then like you know and and then, like I got your fucking milk you know and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, uh, there there's some there's some big thing. Like, or I don't well, know. If it shows up later in the thing, but there, but there's some sort of like, like scandal. Like when you went down there to get the milk, you know, like did. Well, it was because she saw a maid gave it to her, a maid with red hair. That's red hair, right, right. Because he's so like, wait a minute, right. there shouldn't be any maid with red hair. It should be the five, you know, identical poofy blonde haired maids that we have. We don't have a maid with red hair, so that's why he starts. Freaking, He's freaking out, out like he think, thinking was Evelyn, you know, you know, the Evelyn must have handed him the milk uh, or something or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. he's so he's tripping. Then they go. Where do they go from there? I'm, I'm, I'm getting lost again. Uh, well, then this when uh, after Alan has his visions <clears throat> and he kind of not so much wakes up or recovers from his visions. Dr. Richards shows up and meets up with Gladys. And that's where she has the question of whether or not uh, Gladys is really dead because they have a meeting with Aunt Agatha. Not Gladys, Evelyn. Yeah. 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 Sorry. 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 Right. Yeah. No, yeah. I got, I got, you. I got to turn okay. around to ask. And I know what I said, but I know what I meant. Right. <laughs> and I know what you meant. <laughs> but yeah, he meets with Aunt Agatha the next morning and they have the five maids there again, all very much obviously blondes and not redheads. But uh, Aunt Agatha is like, I can assure you nobody was, you know, here. It must have been an imposter. It must have been someone that was trying to steal or something like that. 
And then uh, that's when um, we actually kind of skipped over this for a bit. Aunt Agatha meets with uh, the the brother, the, the the brother Albert, and they kind of realize that they kind of got a thing going on. So they meet and kind of oh, get all kissy kissy. Yeah, yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. We miss that. Yeah, that in, in the 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 timeline of things, they kind of meet up and they have some words. You don't really know, know much what their deal is, uh, other than you just know that they're getting it on. But then, right, what what she goes out into like the woods or like a little trail by the house, and then Albert's waiting for her, and he lays his jacket down, and then like and then like yeah, and he starts kissing her, and then we're like, oh okay, here we go. But uh, unfortunately. I don't think we see much of, the, of their hot uh, action, and then, uh, but it goes to nudity was not a clause in their contract. Right, <laughs> they got out of it. And, this uh, is when Doctor Richard meets with 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 Gladys, and she has the question: Is Evelyn really dead? You know, do we have proof of it? And he's like, "Well, I signed the death certificate myself." You know, and so she starts to go uh, to investigate into the crypt. Well, is it? Yeah. It, Gladys goes to the crypt. Isn't isn't uh, isn't our guy Alan? Is, he's playing like like solitaire or something, and he gets like he starts. He's all sweaty and like all fucking. He's looking at pictures. He's looking at that portrait of Evelyn, and like he decides to go. He he decides to go to the crypt. Right, that, that, and that's at they, the same time that the caretaker is letting Gladys into the crypt. Right, the she caretaker. wants to see whether yeah, she wants to see whether or not. The, the body is actually in there right so she he's like no i can't you got to get uh, a signed thing from the state she gives him a couple of bucks he says okay <laughs> he's <laughs> like yep that's good enough for me well, that's good enough like that's all he needed just a couple of bucks and so you know he lifts it up and of course gladys is not in the coffin i'm expecting i'm like going oh this is going to be wicked yeah you know, evelyn's gonna... not in the coffin Ev- evelyn that's what now i said it <laughs> you know, I what I did. To, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you said, but I know what you meant. <laughs> but anyway, so 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 Evelyn is not in the coffin, um, and then she, Gladys walks out, and and then the guy's like in the background, the the character, the the Undertaker dude. He's like, like, hey, don't tell anybody, you know, about that. Open that up, you know, like, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, and then, plays no, but what is intercut between all these scenes is there's a killer. That is in the shadows with with these yellow gloves that has a snake. Yes, uh, a snake that he has, like or they have, or uh, in a uh, you know in a plastic box, right? You know, the see through box, and he's kind of sneaking up on Albert, who is always just just yeah. You know, for a guy who's supposed like, to be a caretaker, you know, he didn't really do do much other than peep. But he, right. it, it was very weird how they do this. Like he just kind of touches the snake to the. You never neck. really see it bite his neck, but like as soon as it like touches him, he just starts going into spasms. Well, like, what was weird about it? He was laying. You know, he was with. He was with Aunt Agatha, and then all yeah, of just a sudden, moments now, before. Moments before, and then it, so I guess he already took care of Aunt Agatha, and now he's. And maybe now he's, he's maybe they that was a subplot of him being a three minute man that they just didn't get yeah. into. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, and then he so now he's sneaking around looking at uh, looking at what's going on with uh, you know with uh, with Alan, and that's and that's they come up on him uh, with the snake. Somebody creeps up on him. Yeah, and like lightly touches the neck. It's like ah, 
he didn't even make much of a noise. Like, oh, you know, I've been bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, he just automatically goes silent, just sort of going into spasms, kind of frothing at the mouth a little bit. And this is where I noticed uh, something. I don't know if it was meant to be this way, if it was subtle, because it, or maybe I'm just seeing things. But did you notice that uh, uh, Gladys's hair got more subtly and subtly less and less blonde and more and more red more as time went along. More more red? Yeah, yeah, it got more and more yeah. red as it went like, along. Yeah. It got less blonde and more red. Yeah, kind of like it like gradually. And I yeah, I, I did notice that. And it was kind of like yeah, because she was like definitely she was definitely blonde. Yeah, because that was one of those. It's just like oh, I see what you did there. Like I see, and, like <laughs> ah, getting getting artsy fartsy on us. All right, uh, but but it's kind of weird because after uh, after Albert gets uh, bit with this snake, <clears throat> the, yeah, the killer but, starts burying his ass. <laughs> yeah, he's, he kind of drags him out. You know, he's not really yelling or doing anything. He's just kind of and like the, this guy, the killer, whoever this this killer is fucking drags him out and like and yeah out to the graveyard or whatever basically he just starts covering throwing dirt on him like really slowly too yeah slowly and he's throwing real dirt into his face real dirt right. with a real shovel <laughs> right right <laughs> i remember thinking that too like oh that, that, must, that must have been fun okay <laughs> we're gonna throw real dirt on you all right yeah, like, real dirt right in your face let me finish my coffee. Hang on. You know, so he sits down there and he's getting dirt thrown on him. And they kind of drag that out. And uh, and then they, they show, and then eventually they show, they kind of show that he's buried. And then yeah. like, they kind of like. Well, he gets, and then, the killer gets interrupted. He has to like stop for a moment while uh, Gladys is r- running through the, you know, the Gladys has a moment with uh, Albert, not Albert, with Alan. When Alan discovers her by the crypt, he automatically goes into nuts, nuts and just starts smacking the hell out of her. He's just right, beating yeah. the hell out of her. And the killer is like watching from the shadows. And once they like leave, then he continues to like, okay, this guy's only half buried. I guess I better finish him off. Yeah, because it's really because like poor fucking Albert. You know, it's almost like he could get out if he could get out. You know, he's just kind of like, like, uh, like, like he's not. He doesn't have that much dirt on him. He just doesn't have enough, you know, from the snake bite, he just doesn't have enough strength to, like, grab the guy's yeah, shovel fast, or do it. Fast acting poison. I want to know what kind of snake that was. <laughs> yeah, he was just kind of like, you know, and this guy just kind of slowly throwing some dirt on him. Like, you know, he couldn't even yell out or do anything. So, so he finally gets him. Uh, then they go into the, then now they're sitting around the table. It's the morning time or um, afternoon or morning, probably morning. They're all yeah. sitting around drinking, like, orange juice and it's breakfast and they're, they're just fruit and shit laying around there and they're just sitting there and they're kind of talking and then that's when they they're they, they're going back to that redhead who handed them the milk they, or something yeah they ha- ta- handed gladys the milk because there could yeah, have possibly like, been a redhead in here right and so they convince aunt agatha that like she goes and checks all these cabinets and realizes that a bunch of like like silverware and and the family silver cultery the family silver thank you you know and like is is now missing yeah because she makes Uh, the comment that it had been in the family for like two and a half centuries right 
so there's that going on. And then they want to get somebody to investigate it. And, uh, and Alan's like, no, no, I'll call an investigator when I get back to London. Like, he just kind of blows it off like it's not that big of a deal or whatever. Like, you know. Well, obviously, uh, he doesn't want anybody poking their nose around because. Right. Well, I get it. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, you know, he's like, he's, he, you know, they're all distraught over it. And he's kind of like, well, I'll just, I'll get, we need an investigator. Well, I'll get somebody in London. You know, like, he doesn't, you know, he's not really giving a shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, you, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, he doesn't want. Well, anybody, so he's convinced you know. that it's glad, that it's not, not Gladys. I keep saying glad. He's convinced that it's Evelyn come back, you know, from the dead, but. Right. I think I think we at this point probably can safely say that we know better. It goes back again where Gladys is poking around. She's got her hair like all in pigtails and weird shit, and she's dressed. She almost looks like Fraulein. What's her face from from uh, <laughs> Young Frankenstein? Oh, she's like, yeah, Frau Blucher. And uh, she's yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, and she's 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 walking around. She's poking around again. And now we've got we've got uh, uh, Aunt Agatha's kind of trailing her in her wheelchair. It's nighttime this again. This is something that they never they never expanded upon. She follows her to the point where she can't follow anymore in the chair. She gets up, and even though they said that she was an invalid and had to be helped everywhere she went and couldn't possibly like lift herself out of the chair and move around, she gets up and walks right out of the chair, perfectly fine. Right. To creep and, around, and, like, the edge of a bush, you know, edge of this, you know, tree to kind of watch before she, like, literally the, the masked killer, or not the masked killer, but the uh, the black-gloved killer, because in, in one of these yellows, there's always a black-gloved killer of some sort. Right. That's yeah. part of it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's part of the thing. Is this kind of like having a shot where they're drinking J&B, you know, you know? <laughs> right. And, but, yeah, so, yeah I, this, I thought that was, like, a... Although it was real quick death, it was a brutal death. He just pounds her in the head twice with this. He, he, he picks up a rock. Yeah, this big, like, a, football-sized rock and just yeah. pounds her in the head a couple of times. And it's weird because you're, like, if you're thinking, why is she walking? And there you go, what's the whole story here? And then all of a sudden, whack, she gets smacked in the face a couple of times. And that's like, that's 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 about, the like, the most brutal thing in the movie. It's like, oh. You know, you just yeah. hit her in the head with a rock two times, like whack, whack, like, oh, what a way to die. You know, I mean, not that getting stabbed is any cooler, you know, but it's like, you know. Right, you right. Know, but, but it, it just, just seems like. It just seems a, a far more brutal, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, it's like you know, just being bludgeoned with a rock, you know. So she's dead, and, it, and he just, the killer just throws her in the chair and then basically kind of like takes the controls and, <clears throat> like, I don't know. Does, it, does she dump her somewhere or something? She gets oh well. It, gets, it, it cuts back and forth. He he takes her. He starts uh, directing her away, and this is where Alan finds Gladys in the in the crypt. Right. And he gets he flies off the hell and handle and just undeservedly so just smacks the hell out of her until George shows up to to be like you know hey you know you know stop <laughs> you know right he's like stop what the hell you're doing here and they both convince him that. You know, uh, that if Gladys were, were more or less Gladys convinced him that Evelyn is not in her tomb, you know, it's like so she must be still alive and she's, you know, you know, trying to drive you mad. Then it cuts to where they the killer, at least one of the killers, you know, uh, is dumping uh, what's her name? Aunt Agatha into the fox uh, cage. Yes. 
That's pretty and, creepy. Yeah, that's a, it, it. Just it seemed very like her death seemed un, undeservedly brutal. You yeah, know? like like something real personal going on here. Like I really want to fuck you up. You know, like. It's and, like uh, he, even after death, he's like, okay, well, th- we're gonna, you know, well, he's he's covering up his own trail, you know, because if he can right. dump him in the the fox cage, we'll make it look like the foxes got a hold of her. Because you know, it's, like, it's after that, after that effect, after they, you know, the, they showed the the foxes just chewing her up to pieces. They cut to the 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 next day, and the police are there, and they're like, well, you know, she was an invalid; she couldn't lift, you know, she couldn't have possibly have lifted herself out of that chair and. The flop, you know, with her because her chair was outside the cage when she was, you know, inside the cage. Right. You know, like it couldn't possibly have done that, but well, you know, could if there if there was somebody that dumped her in there, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and then we've now we've got the four of them. We've got the doctor. We've got uh, we've got cousin. We got cousin Georgie. And then we got that other guy that, uh, what was that? I, I got the, what the hell his name was, but he, he was kind of like the, I, I wanted Farley? to say, uh, might, no, might've been. That was Farley Cunningham. Yeah. That might've that been Farley. Guy. Yeah. I yeah. Think. So it's kind of, we're kind of jumping around here, but th- this is, this is, they're back. They're back now at the, at the place. Does he, where is he going? Oh, oh, this is when he walks in on her and she's sitting She's sitting in front of the portrait of he, she's sitting in front. Gladys is sitting in front of the portrait of Evelyn, and she's got her hair all done up. Yeah, and that, and yeah. That she, she found and you the, see, the red wi- the red wig. That's uh, right, right. And you see he's coming and he puts his hands up like he's going to strangle her, and he's walking toward her, and he's looked like all maniacal, like he's nuts. And he well, grabs yeah, her. It's, it's, it's intercut with a little bit of the that slow mo right. flashback. The slow mo where he where where Evelyn's banging that that guy. So he grabs Gladys, and then the wig immediately comes off, and he starts strangling her. So he's already beat her up. <laughs> now he's strangling her. Yeah, he's not a like, he's not a sympathetic character at all. And it's That's like where it's I think like this movie suffers a, a lot. There's really no. In the end, you find out there's not a sympathetic set of. Ugh, there is not a sympathetic character, right? In, in the and it's kind of weird. And, and you're looking at her like, okay, he just got slapped around. Now he's strangling. He was like, goddamn, run to the hills. Yeah, like what are you like? What are you committed? Like you know what? It was like how much of this are you gonna take? Jesus Christ, it ain't gonna get any better. And again, uh, so this is then he he kind of like she's kind of like in his arm in her his arms. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. It's, so, so sorry you know. that I beat you and have strangled yeah. you. Please forgive me. And then don't they destroy the portrait here? Yeah, he, she says he, she she says that she is uh, she won't be comfortable until they destroy the por- portrait. And he just kind of he just kind of goes along with it. He's like, go ahead. And she destroys it by stabbing the portrait in the face just over and over right. and over until it's just completely torn to ribbons. This is the part where I put it. I'm like, uh, like. You know, she just dis- destroys that. Gladys destroys that portrait like a psychopath. Right. I remember she's staring at it. And didn't she like, and then it's getting weird. It's like uh, <clears throat> he's sitting in his office or something. And then you see a bunch of lightning and weird shit. And then there's Evelyn. Isn't Eve- I mean, isn't Evelyn outside the window? Yeah, she's outside yeah. the window like her, like looking in. 
And yeah, she kind of like so Gladys, Gladys's eyes are as big as golf balls, like ah, 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 you know, and uh, and and uh, you know, and it's, it's like it's like your typical like gothic, weird Frankenstein castle shit. You know, it's like the you know the lightning's going, and you know, and you can see it through the windows, and you know, everything's fucking weird. It goes to the point where he's trying to calm her down, so he goes to make a drink for her. Yeah, he goes into the bathroom, sort of, and he yeah, puts yeah. something in a drink, and then she's sitting there, like, on the bed, like, oh, uh, uh, and like, so he tries to talk her into drinking it. Like, here, drink this. It'll make you well, feel better. Yeah, and then he leaves the room. He puts on the, the raincoat and the hat and everything. She dumps the drink. She's smart. She, she goes over. Right. She looks at it like, oh, fuck that. And she dumps it into the plant, the pot. Right, plant. right, gives right. to the plant. And then the plant grows up and it says, Feed me, see me. No, I'm just kidding. So that's the sequel. <laughs> that's the weirdest sequel ever. <laughs> so he goes out now. He's going to, I guess, uh, he, was it? He's going to the crypt. He's, he's going, going out back the, up. Yeah, he's going out to the crypt. But Cousin George, he tries to stop him. This is the point where right. I need to know Cousin is, George gets sucker punched in the stomach for his efforts of trying to stop him from going out to the crypt in this. In right. The, it's like, in the well, wait. Where are you going, old boy? You don't need to be going out there. Oh, it's raining. Boom. You know, like, just like punches him right in the gut. Yeah, he punches him in the gut. You know, gives him a good sock in the gut and stops him. And so Georgie's kind of bent over. So homie, he's got his hat on. He's got his fucking galoshes and the fucking big old coat. He's heading out in this big old storm. And he's heading over to the crypt. And uh, he gets to the crypt. And now he's... This is this is actually a pretty cool scene. Um, he starts opening up. He starts opening up coffins, and he, then he start he starts finding like the the silverware, like yeah, it, like it, he finds like one has nothing but rats in it, <clears throat> right? And another has all the old silverware, and a couple of them are just plain empty. But he does find that that big that full of all the the silver serving trays and the cutlery and everything. Yeah, he finds all that. And then, uh, and then you got it. This is a pretty cool scene because, like, there's some kind of weird red light in there, and then it's like, and, and it's like the, the the lightning is going. He's walking around with this flashlight, opening coffins. This is a pretty cool scene. And uh, but then, is this the, the is this the scene where the coffin opens up? Then he open a coffin. Well, yeah, and, the, and, the, and, and we and see we see what's supposed to be Evelyn. Yeah, a zombified Evelyn, like a zombified. Is the, the goofiest looking zombie? But I, I like, I like when this this whoever is in this thing opens their eyes. Yes, I thought that yeah. was a great shot. I was like, oh, why isn't there more of this in the movie? You know, this should have been. They should have used that because that was pretty fucking creepy. You know, getting that out of the grave, even if it's not Evelyn, but some sort of fucking something walking around like that. That would have been, I, I was, believe at least uh, from what I gathered that it was uh, I think we can let the, the cat out of the bag that it's it's was Susan right I, I think and, so I mean we're pretty much towards the end of the movie so you were you know right if we're ruining so, stuff we're ruining stuff that comes like I know you, I know you guys were gonna race out and rent this tonight so uh, <laughs> you know so, so we're, sorry we ruined it for you but yeah I mean this is all set up like if, 10 minutes ahead of the timeline you know Right. <laughs> well, no, there so, was actually, was it Susan or was it uh, Gladys that was in the, 
It was glass well, I, that was in the Evelyn makeup. If, if don't I'm they allude right. that there's kind of a both? I mean, are they both doing shit? Because there's another. There's isn't there another one walking around? Yeah, there's another one that was walking around that was doing though. Alan, Alan, I'm waiting for you. Right, right. Because I, so, I, I might have like fucked up wearing the big reveal of what Susan was because I think that if I remember right, actually that was Evelyn that because she takes the mask off. She's in the white dress that Evelyn was buried in. And then they, uh, then she pulls off the big zombie mask that she's got on, and I do believe it's it's Gladys and not Susan. I might have got, I might have been preempted there. Well, there's pretty cool scenes where he's like trapped in the mud. And he can't get, he can't get his feet out, and he's kind of like, Aah! and then they keep going, they keep cutting to the zombie, zombie Evelyn in the mask or whatever, whoever standing like above this thing, and it's in the trees, and this is yeah. And then it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because they cut to a scene where they go close to the zombie thing and she pulls the mask off. It is Gladys. It's not Susan. And she's got that uh, because she had like a, a wig on and then the mask and pulls it off. And then she's kind of happy with herself. She's, then she like she kind of plays with her hair a little bit. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's trapped in the mud, rain coming down on him. And it's almost like my work is done here. You know, we've. You know, we've made him. You know, we drove him to the brink of insanity. Right. He's 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 now he's you know completely bonkers, and so she's kind of like it's almost like you know mission accomplished. You know, fucking she's done. You know, and she kind of walks off, and he's like just like this babbling idiot laying on his back in this mud, like ah, 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 the rain. Comes well, down you know, if him. you just saw your zombified <clears throat> slash dead wife slash undead wife. Popping up out of the ground, you'd probably go a little batshit crazy too. I bet. Yeah, yeah, you would, you would. Uh, yeah, I, I think he, you know, he has a he has a good reason to go nuts. Let's, and let's face it, he was already pretty unstable. Right, it didn't take much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was. But I yeah, but I did like that makeup on that that cre- that that zombie shit. That could have been zombie Evelyn. That skull face and that that I know it would didn't really fit the story they were trying to pull. But yeah, I, I think I would, like, that would have been cool. I got what they cool. were going for. It just looked a little wonky. That would have been cool to utilize that more in, like, a castle killing people. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would have been... Like, yeah. I know that's more on the slasher. Now that I would have been, I, I would have been but, all for that. But if I would have seen that coming at me, you know, in a bunch of different scenes, I'd have been like, ah! You know, like, you know, they could have they could have used that more. That, that when, she, when that, she's laying in the coffin and those eyes open up, I was like, ah! I mean that's nightmares yeah. shit right there, man. That was that was pretty cool. So I, you see some of the stuff and go, man, yeah, I would have used that. I would have I would have been centered around that. Like somebody's wearing that. It didn't have to be really Evelyn, but it could have been yeah. more, uh, you know, make yeah. right, making making people crazy. Like ah, you know, if I get in, you know, the one the mate the patriarch, you know, losing his mind, you know, fucking. You know, if it had so been a more well developed, kind of better developed kind of idea, maybe that would have been something they could have went with. Right. <clears throat> so anyway, but they didn't. <laughs> no. Nope. So, so we're back to the movie. Uh, so so uh, now at this point, isn't he? He just kind of goes away, doesn't he? Like they take him to the hospital. Yeah, well, they have the the quick scene with the doctor saying they're going to treat him and take him back to the psychiatric hospital, and they wheel him away. Well, 
you know, Gladys munches on a grape and looks menacingly at the camera, you know, and then they have the entire family with the Gladys, the the, the doctors and everything where they kind of have like a, a reading of his paperwork to say what would what he would want to have happened. If, right. You know, he got incapacitated mentally or physically. So they like, all right, you know, you know, wife gets X amount of dollars in the house and this and, you know, the doctor's taking care of everything. And, you know, George gets this and that. It's almost like they're kind of dipping up a will. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Not I can't to, remember what they what they gave to everybody. I think they're like, you know, they I think they trusted the doctor with, uh, you know, with the running of the day-to-day business or what whatnot. But the, they gave, like, a certain amount of money to uh, George and a certain amount of money to the wife and, you know, a certain amount of holdings to each of them, you know. And then I think it pretty much it goes right from that scene to where it's all of a sudden George and Gladys in, are in bed together talking about, hey, we did it. We drove, you know, we drove Alan nuts. We're gonna yeah, get, it know. does. It goes straight from that. And yeah, they're, they're sitting there. So you're like, oh, OK, here we go. So yeah, and, this uh, is what we what we've been hinging our bets, our bets on, so to speak, you know. Right. So they're uh, it's weird because they show every time they show. Uh, Georgie's bedroom. There's like this weird tube or something in front of the camera. You ever notice that? Like, uh, yeah, like there they, was like, always like a weird, almost looked like a plastic, like a fucking dryer tube from like a right, right. Like, yeah, I was wondering, like, what? Why are they? You know, they, they, all those tubes like all wrapped up and shit. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't so, know. Weird seventies so, aesthetic, I guess. So now, well, speaking of the tubes, when they're doing the scene. They're, yeah, she, they, she gets up out of bed, and he's kind of behind her, kissing her, and you know they've, they're pretty satisfied with what they've done. Uh, and then what is it now? We've got a car pulls up. What is it now? Is this where it's, it's, it's intercutting between the car pulling up outside and George get, uh, getting Gracie to drink uh, champagne right. and celebrate? Yeah, and if you notice right. she's, she's drinking right. and he's not. And he's, he's not pretending like right. This. They got he he busts out some some bubbly, and they're celebrating in this in the cool pad, some cool pad. I don't know is this I don't know whose pad this is, but <clears throat> I think that might have been. A, a further part of uh, George's uh, kind of fuck palace that he had going right, on. <laughs> his, little, his little playboy mansion. So they go down this groovy, this groovy plush carpeted staircase. I remember this. It was like pretty groovy Austin Powers pad. And I remember the artwork on the wall. It looked like a matchbook. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it did look like a matchbook. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's got like a match, like one match thing coming off the side. I go, that's a matchbook. So anyway, yeah. he serves her the bubbly. And we're winding down here with the, what's with the whole story coming into play. Yeah, because uh, she's starting to act a little funny. She's she's acting awfully uh, drunk and kind of loose for somebody who's only had two sips of right. champagne. And that's when uh, Susan walks she, into the room. It's the first time we see Susan, uh, if I remember right, since she escaped. Right. Well, he she's feeling weird, and she's and then he, but she's still drinking it. And then she puts her cup up. He pours in more. And he's watching with delight as she's just sucking down all this. We're talking about Gladys now. 
Yeah. Sucking down all this, this fucking booze that obviously is poison. She's acting a little odd. She's acting very sleepy, very Drug. kind of lethargic right. and sweating bullets. Then Susie walks in mid fucking conversation. And then you see her kind of like, you see Gladys kind of like, huh? Like, who the fuck and, is this? And so she, she basically says she really is fucking that pretty stupid, isn't she? Right, and right. Like, so, huh? <laughs> and then, yeah, they do the thing on the lens where it's it's Gladys's point, point of view. And it's all kind of blurry looking at Susie. Like, what the fuck? You know, and then, she, then she's looking back at George, you know, and she's all kind of sweating the same thing. The point of view, the, you know, that look, it looks kind of blurry and kind of weird. And kind of like out, you know, kind of weird. And uh, so he starts explaining kind of what's going on. He puts down his glass, pours it back in the thing. She's continuing to drink though. Yeah. And then she kind of, and then she realizes she's all sweaty now. Now she's starting it's to realize. It's really weird. It's almost like the ending of the member the movie The Mechanic. Yeah. You know Charles Bronson oh, yeah. and, oh, and yeah, Michael Vincent. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. even at one point when you know Charles Bronson realizes he's, he's drinking, you know the. The poison booze he just takes he's just kind of like well i guess this is this is yeah. how i go out you know right right I'm a, i mean yeah, kind of the little... same but not really the same i guess you know yeah that was a good movie man i remember that shit yeah and uh fucking and uh so she's she's starting to react she grabs i don't know if it's a knife or like a, a cheese cutting knife or something she just kind of grabs this knife sitting there and all of a sudden just starts, like, jumps to attention and just starts stabbing the shit out of Susie. It's a yeah, pretty cool scene because you're not expecting it. You know, no, obviously it, it does she... kind of come out of nowhere. And it was one of the few, at least for me, the genuine, like, scare slash surprises of the movie. It was just like, oh, okay, like, I totally didn't see that one coming. Yeah, and she, so she, she's, and so basically Susie now is all bloody trying to, like, back off and, George doesn't really seem like he gives a shit. Like, oh, okay, this is good. He just kind of stands there and watches while they're, you know, they're both like dying. Even at one point, she takes a swipe at him, and he just kind of lazily steps back (laughs) out of the way so that the knife hits uh, Susan again. And and Gladys is still coming in forward motion. She's on. She's sliding on the ground, but she's like, yeah, she's coming at him like, fuck you, you know. And she's drooling, and she's all fucked up, and George is just kind of standing there and. And and uh, and now we got Susie kind of hiding behind George, and then yeah yeah he, he does she does the thing where she swipes and he backs off and now Susie's laying there. I think Susie's dead at this point. I think she falls over dead. She dies about like ten seconds before uh, Gladys dies, and it's really interesting how they did this shot because it's all done in one take. You know, at least part of this, right. you know, like where it's done in one take where Susan dies on the steps. And she kind of dies in that like lowered, you know, part of the living room, and she, and then like, then it starts cutting kind of crazily over to to George as he's wiping his fingerprints off everything, like he had this planned out all along, you know, he had right, planned right. to poison uh, Gladys for Susan to show up. I think it was just a, for him a happy accident, at least that for he him. stabbed her right. That she, yeah. that she, she stabbed her. That's like. Oh, this worked out better than I thought. So yeah, he's wiping off the bottle. He's wiping off the glasses. He's he's cleaning up his tracks, and they're both dead. So he's gonna get the fuck out of there. And, but he uh, almost, and he almost gets away with it until he right. uh, yeah until he gets outside and the doctor, good doctor, he's shows got, up. I remember he picks up that locket, 
he's got that locket again, that one that uh, that uh, that that Alan had earlier, that from the first, from the second girl. Oh, yeah. Susie's. It was Susie's locket. That's why it had yeah. the S on it. Yeah, never mind. So she's holding. They make a point of showing it in his hand while he's wiping off the door handle. He wipes off the locket and he's got this locket, and then he just kind of chucks it. Not very well. It kind of lands like on the cement. Like he's not like it's not really hidden. <laughs> yeah, and he then, didn't really uh, hide it very well. I think the doctor walks over. He sees it. All of a sudden, the doctor is there, Doctor uh, Timberlane. And then George is kind of like, hey, oh, hey. and then no, no, it's actually Alan that picks it up. He picks it up and he walks over, and Alan's got it in his hand. And uh, so now well, it's Alan, he, like because he even he, says he's like, I thought you were in the hospital, and he's like, Mm-mm. like yeah, nope. right, like nope, like we, you know, they they came to bust him, and that's what they did. And so now you know, you know, the jig's up. Fucking George is trapped you know like oh fuck you know and you know they they know what's going on and so it all kind of get explained so uh he grabs a tool like a yard rake or something and he whacks the doctor he gets him in the hits him in the groin or something and then he's yeah. trying to attack he's trying to attack alan there's some some kind of powdered acid or something by the pool like for the pool yeah some type of sulfuric yeah, and so uh, it gets dumped in the pool, like it gets thrown in for some reason. I guess, like I don't think Alan throws it in there. Well, and no, he, basically... he knock he knocks uh, uh, George into the pool while knocking <laughs> one of the bu- buckets of chemicals in there, and then he throws the other like bag of chemicals in there right next to him until it starts bubbling and churning in it. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. So now George, which. This scene's kind of lame. It could have been way better. Well, uh, he just fucking... comes crawling out of the, the pool, screaming, I'm burning, I'm burning, and he's grabbing and pulling out of his body, but there's no blood, there's no... Yeah, there's they no could have done... They, they could have made some soup out of him right there, and it didn't been really cool. But he but gets out... At least out, could have splattered basically... some blood on his body to make it look like he right. was burning, but he's just screaming that I'm burning, I'm burning. He's... Right, so, yeah, I mean, it's... It's like he's like peeling his shirt open. There's no marks on his bodies. He, you know, he's just kind of like ah. And then they grab him, and they go to the 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 cops show up. They grab him, pick him up, start running off with him, and he's screaming that he's burning. And then they just freeze frame it, and that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the movie. You get kind of the slow mo walk of Alan and the doctor strutting off the one side of the camera to the cops carrying George up into a close up in the other side, and then they just right. And it, it just it. feel it felt all very abrupt, and you know what I mean, just very, yeah, very it was weird. Like that Monty Python, I think, Monty Python ending in Life of Brian, didn't it? With the cops, the the constables, the they just yeah, show up, yeah, yeah. It's like they just show up and like, all right, that's it, you know, and that's they just kind of end the movie. Yeah, it was kind of like what they did in this. Like they, they they drag him off, and he's burning, and and it just freeze frames, and that's it. It's like. This is the biggest fucking piece of shit in the movie. One of them. I mean, Alan's no air. Alan's no angel. But it's like you know. But it's like fuck. You know, this this guy so, was the catalyst for all this shit. It's like they should have done something with him in that acid. He could have been burned up, blood. Something should have happened. Yeah, makes it, me wonder you know. if that's part of the 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 uncut version that uh, that I I read about. You know, but I doubt it. I, d- I doubt yeah. that it ended. Probably, probably not. They probably didn't do anything. <laughs> Yeah, but that's essentially the end of our movie. I mean, it, it just ends very, it's very abrupt and very, it's got a very much a shitty ending. Like, I, I could have forgiven the movie for being 
a little bit slow, a little bit misaligned, a little bit boring. I, I could have forgiven that if it would have had some payoff for at least one of our guys. Right. Because right. Allen's gotten away with murder. You know, at least we're led to believe that he's going to be getting away with murder. So our, our hero is actually still a murderer. I mean, like our, our main character, at least. He's not a hero in, in any way. But, yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a very weird movie. It's, it's a very weird movie. I mean, I'm glad I finally watched it, but very weird. But uh, let's go ahead and do our final thoughts and ratings on this. You know how we do things around here. Scale of one to ten, sir. Well, I thought, um, you know, it had its moments. Uh, I think, you know, I think we kind of already brought it up during this review. But uh, there were certain things that could have been capitalized on, you know, and, and done cool shit. I know that wasn't how it was made. We're, we weren't the directors, you know, it, it was how it was made. But there was a lot of stuff that was just kind of like kind of ho-hum. There was, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I like I like it looked cool. It had cool music. It was from that time, and it certainly felt like that time. And it had a lot of cool, groovy, cool sets. And, and then you know, the castle shit was pretty cool. So it had cool stuff going for it. But they they but they struck out on like a lot of stuff too, so my overall, you know, I I, I it, I'm glad it was one of these. I'm glad I did see it, but I'm I'm gonna yeah. give it a seven. I'm gonna give it a seven. Um, right. you know, you're coming in much that, higher than me. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I, I I I think only once you've been higher than me. I'm usually the nicer one, uh, but uh, but you're you're probably being more honest. <laughs> but. Um. Uh, uh, but you know, but uh, I, you know, I, I'll give, I'll stick with, I'll stick with a seven. I thought it was okay. Uh, you know, I would be interested in seeing that director's cut, but only that if it had a bunch of, bunch of cool stuff in it. I'm not, I, who knows, this would be cool. But if it was from a, a real director's cut, where it had a bunch of stuff in it, I'd be interested in seeing it. But overall, I was, it was a little disappointing, a little underwhelming. But uh, I, you know, I'm glad I saw it. You know, I saw the movie and. Uh, I'm going to be checking into some of that soundtrack stuff uh, because oh, that, yeah, that, yeah. that, that, that seemed that that would be interesting to listen to. So, you know, we saw it, we reviewed it and uh, it was okay. It wasn't one of the cooler movies we've done, but, but, no, uh, you no, know, but they can't, can't all be winners. Right. Right. So that's that you roll the dice. So seven out of 10, seven out of 10. Yeah. I'm coming in at a five out of 10. Woo. Okay. Yeah, I'm coming in a little harshly. I, I, I love my giallos. I, I love Italian cinema. And this is just one that, you know, like I said, that I had missed over the years. And it just, you know, through process elimination, you know, I finally said, uh, hey, I'm going to, you know, finally knock this one out. And I, I am glad I've seen it. I mean, I feel like I should have seen it by now. But, man, it's just, it just... It swings for the fences and it really misses, you know. I think they thought they were really doing something really fucking crazy. But nothing really pulled together. It, it, it felt very rushed in the end. And like especially the last five minutes felt very rushed. And it didn't create any kind of sympathy for our main character. And I know they were trying, but like it's, the guy's a, you know, a freaking masochist. And, right, uh, yeah. There's really nothing to love there. <laughs> there's nothing to... to to, to, to root for, especially in the right. end when everybody is either blackmailing somebody or trying to drive somebody mad or trying to steal from one another, trying to murder one another. It's, it must be like, a, this must be what a soap operas are like, you know, I guess. <laughs> it was soap opera-esque, like it could have been like all these characters and everybody's got bad intentions. And, 
You know, yeah, it's like, it was just it did really have that effect. You know, there was just nothing I found redeemable about uh, about any of the characters, so it felt hard to be really invested by him. And I I feel like the cut that we've seen must have not, must have been one of the cut versions because I heard this is supposed to be you know such a nasty movie, but it's not really got any kind of gruesomeness to it. And it was 1971, so I felt a little I felt a little let down by this one. This is not one of the the best movies we've uh, reviewed around here, I'd have to say. Right, I, I agree. Yes, sir. But, you know, again, I'm glad i finally seen it. I, uh, you know, it's a, a staple in Italian cinema, you know, and people have told me for years I should see it. And Okay, I, <laughs> all right, people, you, you won. I finally saw it. <laughs> I saw it, right. But, yeah, it was just kind of a, you know, there was a lot of uh, interesting stuff. There was some interesting camera work. Uh, there was... Some interesting visuals, you know, they utilize the the landscapes really well and the the architecture is one of the things that I, I love about Italian uh, artwork and, and Italian cinema and whatnot. So I gave it a couple of points for that and the music was really good, was really creepy, and it did have some creepy elements. It just it just felt like nothing pulled together in a cohesive way, if that right. makes sense. But that that's about where I'm at with it. Well, that being said, I think we'll put a pin in this one for the afternoon. Tom, I want to thank you for coming on the Takeout Edition for the first time. Well, it was a pleasure as always, Cameron. Thanks for having me. Had a lot of fun, and uh, I'll pick a better for the next one. Yeah, I'll pick a better movie next time for us to watch. Hopefully, hey, <laughs> what I'll are do. you gonna do? You don't know until you watch him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's been good here. The last several times we've done movies, it's been first time watches. So you know, I, I right, I've been, right. I've been at least picking some new stuff. Hopefully I'll pick some uh, some better stuff next time. But thanks again for giving me a couple hours of your time. I know you're, you're busy as hell and you got stuff to record and stuff to do. Uh, and you just had a movie premiere uh, here not too long ago. You want to plug anything? I sure did. I, I, I got to see Don't Fuck in the Woods 2 from Sean Burkett and uh, Concept Films Media. Uh, it was great. We saw it at Whorehound. It was the premiere. And, and that was uh, just a week or two ago here a couple weeks ago yeah it was on a friday night um i'm in it uh fortunately i'm not a main character but i have a uh i do have a small part in it as uh, bowman the the asshole parole officer and uh, so i got to finally <laughs> see I haven't, I haven't seen anything from it any cuts or anything you know um <clears throat> and uh and uh so this is the first time i've sit seeing it and i was really pleased uh not not just because i'm in it you know that stuff like that. i mean i this is a really good movie. Um, Sean did a great job. His whole team did. They're all great guys and you know, ladies. And uh, the whole cast and crew is great. And uh, and they and I'll tell you, I had a lot of fun. And and, and the crowd did too. They, they it was the high. I, I heard it was the highest in attendance of the movies there. Um, nice, nice. I don't, I don't. You know, it was crowded. It was packed. I mean, it was the whole play. There was a lot of people there. So, and everybody. I had a good time, man. It, it's it, it, it. He did a great job, and I, I can't wait to to get a copy of it at some point because uh, I definitely like I said. If, I'm not again. I'm not saying it because I'm in it, and like that guy said, I'm saying it because this is from a movie, you know, lover and horror movies. They, they did a great job. It's a really good movie. Lots of cool effects, you know. They had great. It was it was good, man. It was. It, I had a I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. Well, I'm glad it turned out all right. We're getting ready to go to our first, uh, you know, mid slash post COVID uh, convention here uh, in about a week or so. So, I nice. see a lot of new movies. You know, get to see everything all the indie guys are doing, and oh, possibly cool. a screening of Amityville uh, Vibrator. 
Which ah, if, you not, right if you have not seen Amityville <laughs> Vibrator, I highly recommend it. I got a screener of it uh, not too long ago and watched it when um, I, I, I and then I bought a copy. You can get a copy of it from Nathan Rumler. Just look him up on Facebook. Uh, oh, right on. Yeah, I know Nathan. Yeah. Yeah, cool. uh, it's a great movie. It, it's total sleaze. 110% total sleaze, but uh, and I love it for it because it's unabashedly cheesy and sleazy, and you know nobody does it like Nathan Rumler does, and it's it's a great movie. But I know it's getting a, a screening there at um, at Cinema Wasteland, so I will be looking That's forward to cool. that here in about a week. That's cool. You're gonna have a blast. It was really fun uh, getting out of as going to a convention again, and I was only there on Friday, but you know I got to see a lot, a lot of people I knew. And, uh, and it was like, a, it was like, like I said, in a post I put, it was like a family reunion, just walking down the hall. Hey, 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 what, hey, how are you doing? What have you been up to? You know? And it's great. You know, it was great to see anything. And then to hang out with a bunch of cool people and watch a cool movie. It was a blast. And, uh, and I'm glad I'm happy for you that you're getting to go see, uh, those movies and get to hang out at uh, cinema waste. Yeah. Cause I know, I know that's your jam. And uh, I'll tell well, you that's, what, like man, I said, that's you, where Patty and I met, so we try yeah, never to miss it. But you right. know, with COVID, you know, it's just been impossible for the last year and a half. But I'm looking forward to it. We're only going for Friday our, ourselves. We're just going for one day, but it, it'll be nice to get out and about and see some people. Oh, absolutely! You're gonna have a blast. Absolutely. Well, well, thanks again, Tom, for coming on the show. I know I always appreciate you taking a couple hours out of your out of your weekend to do the show with me. And uh, we'll probably be recording here, I guess, once we get past uh, this next weekend. Maybe we can record another episode of Grindhouse Pizzeria. You got it, my friend. You got it. All right, folks. Thank you again for listening to the Takeout Edition. And uh, avoid any Evelyns that you see coming out of the grave. Just saying. <laughs> Goodbye, folks. You must let me destroy it. It's the only solution, my darling. Well, if you want to, destroy it. <laughs> <laughs>